We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to a new episode of Home Visit with Tyler Siski and the Associates. Today, we are flying solo. My man, DJ Elliott, is on family vacation, wrapping up a little fall break with the family. Uh, he will be back next week, but he did give me his picks, so we will, we will read his picks. And we will read his picks first, because as terrible as we did last week, he still won. So uh, he will get his picks uh, read first. And then, uh, just like normal, and we'll roll on from there. But uh, want to welcome. We got a lot of new listeners. Uh, first big annu- big announcement last week was really excited about uh, MPW Digital. We have a partnership with those guys. Our podcast is now on their network. That's Neil McCready and Chase Parham. Their their uh, podcast network. That's uh, really based out of here in Oxford, but Neil's done a great job growing this thing for over the years, and we're going to bring a little diversity with those guys, and I'll explain to you new new, new listeners what we got going here, uh, and then also the guys coming over from the J-Boy Show. I've been on been doing those uh, spots on Friday afternoons for the last couple of weeks, and uh, a lot of SEC football fans listening, so let me, for the new listeners and, the, and your old heads that have been listening for a while, you guys know, but for the new listeners, we're going to be very... Uh, lay back, relax. We're going to pull the curtain back a little bit on college coaching, uh, give you our opinions. We've been in the business. DJ will be back next week when he gets back from vacation, but we may even have a special guest joining us here in a couple weeks, uh, and we'll we'll re- reveal that later on. May have another associate joining the party here in a little bit, but uh, anyway, it's going to be, we're going to talk about, it's like two coaches at the convention drinking a beer, having a good time. We're going to talk about recruiting, obviously. We're going to talk about college football, but we're just going to, it's going to be a national show. So if you're looking for some diverse uh, stuff in your life and we get off subject, we'll talk about aliens and all kinds of good stuff on here eventually. But last week was a crazy, crazy week in college football and we stunk it up. Uh, I know, see, this is what happened. See, we stunk it up and DJ and DJ went on vacation. So I, he left me here to catch the bag. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely stunk. And look, when I stink, I'll tell you, 
Uh, just overall, just got my teeth kicked in. Probably the worst weekend I've ever had uh, picking games, and I wasn't even particularly close, and that's just the truth. I apologize. Um, bad ball. We had to go back to the drawing board. We had to we had to have a big team meeting this weekend to get our minds right. But, yeah, we were not prepared for last week. Uh, we we came in. We were not – our opponents were we, – we were too confident, and they kicked our teeth in. So, I mean, literally, it started out on Wednesday night. I was – and my buddy, Paul, so Paul's probably listening, and he's going to get a kick out of this, but he, he listens on Thursdays. And so he calls me on Thursday and starts laughing because of how convinced I was that Coastal Carolina was going to cover against App State. So, Paul, thank you. I appreciate you rubbing it in my, in my face. Um, I may need to have Paul on here one week as a, as a guest picker. Since he, since he thinks it's so easy to pick games, I'm going to put him on the spot. And maybe we need to get him on here. So, a guy that uh, played with it at Auburn and a good friend of mine. So, anyway, uh, moving on. The only thing that, that, that came positive out of the weekend was that the Braves won. That was the positive that came out of the weekend. The Braves won. We're going to the World Series. First time in 22 years. I will be there at some point in time, probably Friday. Uh, the ticket situation is very hairy, and if you are a Braves fan and have to have tried to purchase tickets, you understand that. Uh, actually, uh, I was a little late getting to the party today because I was trying to buy Braves tickets. I actually got two tickets. I clicked on them before I could get to the purchase window. Somebody snagged them, so lots of fun there, but I will be there one way or another. All right, so moving on for college football this past week. Look, there were some crazy games. The first thing we're going to talk about this Oklahoma-Iowa State game. At the end of the game, Oklahoma State's down three, undefeated team on the road, and they really get hammered with a spot. It's the second week in a row with two with two big games that we've had reviews that come down to spots. I agreed with the not overturning the spot in the Ole Miss-Tennessee game. Now, I do think in the Ole Miss-Tennessee game from a week ago that the spot was – where they spotted a yard short. It wasn't a yard short, but I don't still don't think you really got to the first down. You couldn't overturn it. And there was just not enough video evidence. The referees did a great job. Review crew did a great job. Call was probably correct. And if it wasn't correct, by now you would have heard about it. Well, in this game, this was a completely different deal. And if you didn't watch uh, the Oklahoma State-Iowa State game, which is a really good football game, basically they, they spit the ball on the screen. The guy, the guy cuts it up, and he gets, he gets to the first down, and he's on top of defenders. It's very clear that he was never on the ground. He was on top of a defender. If you're not on top of a defender, you're never down. Okay. And so he was very clearly passed. And they and they, you know, they call him short though. All right. And here's two things that fans need to understand. There's a big difference between a call stands and the and the call is confirmed. When a call is when a call stands, that means usually there's not enough video evidence to say one way or another. And so they're always going to go back to what they called on the field. And so that's why we were talking about last week is what they call in the field is very important. For it to be overturned, there has to be clear evidence. I'm talking about super clear evidence that that didn't occur. And the probably the part that bothers me the most is I felt that there was clear evidence. And I'm usually, I mean, 99% agree with whether it's I can I could tell you after watching one replay if it's gonna stand or if it's gonna be confirmed. Uh, this one shocked me. They went with call stands, which they left him short. Uh, I, I thought there was plenty of evidence to leave it to overturn it, uh, but you know I wasn't I wasn't uh, right on that one. The other thing that bothers me on this one is, you know, these are the situations, and we covered this in a previous podcast. 
these are the situations to where, you know, Oklahoma State probably sends that call in to the to the Big 12 officials. And then on Sunday, some guy sends it back and goes, Coach, you were right, man. He, he made the first down. Well, what good does that do? That pisses you off as a coach when you, well, you know you were right on Saturday, okay? You know you were right on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you get an explanation. He goes, hey, Coach, you know what? You were right. You know, he, what? he didn't make it. You know, after we watched it again, he didn't make it. Well, you lost the game. There's no time machine. They're not going to come, okay, we were wrong. We're going to come back next Saturday and spot it and let's play the rest of the game. There's no, It just pisses you off more. I actually wish they just wouldn't even tell you at this point in time with, with stuff like that. And it happened, you know, when we were here at Ole Miss with, uh, you know, our last year here, we're playing Kyle. You know, we got we got screwed on the, on the, at the end of the game on the last in, last play of the game where Elijah Moore scores a touchdown. Uh, they don't give it to us. They they uh, spot us short. They don't have time to review it because we're out of timeouts and it's fourth down, so we can't spike it and all that stuff. And so at the end of the day, you know, it was very frustrating. But they tell you, hey, you're right. You know, on Sunday, well, great. Well, guess what? You know, if we win that game, we. I may not be sitting here talking to you. You know, I mean, things happen for a reason, but, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's just – it just ticks you off as a coach. Oklahoma and Cincinnati both had what I like to call struggle wins. Oklahoma, I mean, I know they're undefeated. I, I They're going to end up taking – I still don't think they go through the year undefeated. I don't know what tells me. I don't know why. They're just – they're just doing enough to win every week. And – Kudos to them. But if they do this, you know, coming in the playoffs and they get blown out by somebody, it's going to make everybody mad. They managed to go an entire half of football without scoring on Kansas. Now, I'm going to say that again. Oklahoma, people who are saying is a top-tier program. We got experts, so-called, let me quote that, so-called experts out there that are calling Oklahoma a top-tier program. And there's, but they can't score one point. On Kansas, nothing wrong with Kansas, guys. I like Kansas. No, nothing against you, but it ain't the year this year. He'll do a great job. It's just going to take time. No points in the first half. But this is the team that needs to be in the college football playoff. I don't understand that. I don't. Um, I mean, this Ohio, Ohio State's on right now technically on the outside looking in. Is, is Ohio State, do you think they would have scored a point against Kansas? Yeah. With Cincinnati? Yeah. With anybody, with Kentucky, yes. I mean, there's so many teams. I don't know. I'm, I'm just – I'm not I'm not on Team Oklahoma right now. I, I think they're too inconsistent. I think they're up and down. And if you want to win a championship, you're going to have to be consistent. I would be – I'm still – I still think they're going to lose a game at some point in time to somebody they always do uh, before the end of the year. So, I think that thing will work itself out. Now, Cincinnati is on a different, on a different scenario, right? So Cincinnati, all right, when you're playing a option football team, somebody that's running the triple option nonstop all day long, and you haven't prepared for it, and I was actually talking to DJ about this yesterday uh, on the phone. I could get him on the phone, but couldn't get him on, couldn't get his signal right. But you know, he he brought up a great point too when we were just talking about it off the air. He was talking about like, look, when I was coaching, you know, it was it's like six years ago. Last time I saw an option team, so you. You don't even have a package. You don't, it's a completely different technique that you're having to teach the kids. It's a different scheme, different run fits, different assignments. You know, it, it's, it changes everything that you normally do. Um, and so 
the one thing that the one thing that I would just love to everybody understand is just because they they beat Navy by seven points, that doesn't mean that they're slipping. So, and I'm going I'm going uh, show you how much I believe in it here in just a little bit. But Cincinnati, Oklahoma, two struggle wins, but two totally different you know mindsets coming out of it. All right. Next thing I want to talk about that I'm going to talk about a little bit more here in a little bit. The Ohio State Buckeyes are heating up. And the best thing that ever happened to them, I think, was losing to Oregon because all the attention came off of them. They're like, oh, Ohio State's out. And they started focusing on all these other teams. And while nobody's been looking, Ohio State's been heating up. They are currently scoring at will against anybody and stopping people. And so I don't see that slowing down, and I will show you again here in a little bit. I think Ohio State arguably – the second best playing as the second best team in the country right now. I do put them in the top tier right now. Where they're playing as it sits this week, you know, because some people have injuries and in, in this in this college football is who's hot. It's Georgia, Alabama, and I'm throwing Ohio State in my top tier. I think those those three teams, in my opinion, have cleared themselves from the field. And so, uh, congratulations to to Ohio State for joining the top tier. Um, look forward to seeing you in the college football playoff. Moving on to the SEC, uh, big game of the week here in the SEC was LSU and Ole Miss. It was a light, it was a light uh, schedule, SEC schedule this past week. So LSU and Ole Miss were really the only game that they really mattered. I know we, I, I actually, when I went on the J Boy show with Jake last week, they were, you know, Alabama and Tennessee. Is it still a rivalry and all that stuff? And I call those traditions. And I, I want to restate that, what I said. If you didn't hear me on the J-Boy show on Friday, you know, I believe that schools have one rivalry, okay? I, I think you have one team. And, like, here at Ole Miss, I know we the LSU, go to hell LSU, and you got, you know, all these, you know, so-called, you know, crossover opponents like Vanderbilt. Like, Vanderbilt plays Ole Miss every year. That's their permanent rival from the East. That makes no sense to me, and it's not a rivalry. The Ole Miss rivalry is against State, the Auburn rivalry is against Alabama, and Alabama's is Auburn. You know, when Auburn has Georgia, that's a big deal, and I get that. Those are called traditions, um, and I, I said that last week. That, that, you know, the third Saturday in October, that's a tradition. Playing LSU at Ole Miss, that's a tradition. I, I, don't, I don't go with the rivalry thing. I think that gets overblown. It drives me nuts in the Big Ten, like, with all these trophies. You know what I mean? Like, there's trophies for every game in the Big Ten. I mean, it's – I don't know. I wish I, – I, I would need to look it up, and I don't even know what it is. I want, I want to know how many uh, – so if you're a fan, if you could direct messages because I have, if you want to do some research. I wonder how many, like, trophies, like game day trophies there are in the Big Ten. I mean, it seems like every game there's a trophy on the line. And so I don't – I just don't believe in that. I, I think it's a – you got one rival, that's who you go with, and and – there's a reason it's your, either your in-state or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be in-state, but I'm not a big believer in these multi-game rivalries. So, anyway, LSU's playing Ole Miss in what they call the Magnolia Bowl, and there's a trophy they give out for it, uh, you know, and I don't know where it goes when you win it. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never even never even knew we had one until, like, the third time I was there. It was weird. But, anyway, LSU and Ole Miss played, and Ed Orgeron and it was coming off getting fired, and – uh, on Monday, he still coached. Ole Miss completely beat up and came into the game. And really, besides the first two drives, the only the only people that stopped Ole Miss was Ole Miss. I don't think 
I was really shocked, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I've, I haven't seen it even, and I've coached against LSU a bunch. I mean, so I wasn't surprised. I actually made the comment last week on Jake's show is I don't need to watch film to know that they're going to line up and play man-free. Well, what I meant by that is they're going to, that's their base, okay? They're going to play a lot of man-free in a game, but they used to switch things up a little bit. If you got in trips or, you know, you went empty or, or you, you know, you came out in 12 personnel, you, you would get different looks. I didn't see that. I watched, now I watched, I will, I'm going to say this too. There's a lot of things on the TV copy that you can see and you can't see. I don't have the film to watch like I was while I was coaching. You can see the whole back end. But I, I was paying very close attention until I got tired of watching. They played man-free every snap and didn't switch anything off, didn't cut any crossers. And you're going to do that, line up and play one defense the entire game against Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin, two of the best offensive minds that are out there? Good luck to you on that. Like, Ole Miss didn't have to be healthy to score on that. And I'll tell you what, Lane's probably pissed off that he didn't score more. But they were doing things like, and that's when you saw, like, it was, they did such a good job with formationally and what they were doing with receivers. So they're handing the ball off on third and 19 and scoring touchdowns because they're running the guys off and formation the guys and getting them out of gaps. And, you know, it just it shocked me. Um now we've seen this. I've seen it happen one time before, and for you, if you got we got Ole Miss fans that are listening, and LSU fans are listening now with everything coming over. You know, when we were here in '19, they were really good, right? And they and they came in here and they they were loaded with talent, and they came in here and did that in '19 against us on offense and played man free every snap, and Rich Rod formation the hell out of them. And in the quarterback run game, you know, you got to have a guy counting for the quarterback too. And when he was able to formation them, and he and that's why John Rice Plumley ran for like ten thousand yards that game because he formationed the mess out of them and he out schemed them. And when you out scheme them and you got a good player, you're going to lose. And so what happened is, you know, they they should have beaten us in 2019. They should have beaten us by ten thousand points if they just lined up and played anything but man free. They could have beat us by ten thousand points. One of the greatest. College football teams, I believe, of all time. The 2019 LSU Tigers. One of the greatest college football teams of all time. And they on both sides of the ball, they were dominant. But here we are, you know, Ole Miss coming off probation with our 100, 105 freshmen out there. And we had the ball down by eight in the fourth quarter. Like, midway through the fourth quarter. Like, we had a chance in that game. And that should have never happened. Same thing happened Saturday. Ole Miss was in position. You could have got – like a good football team could have got Ole Miss on Saturday because Matt Corral's dinged up. They are beat to hell, okay? No, you got uh, – Dontario Drummond's the only wide receiver that's a quality – when I say he's not the only wide receiver, but a really quality SEC player, he's the only one playing right now, okay? You got guys that are going to be good and got their talent, but ready to play is two different things. Uh, you could have got – Ole Miss was available to get on Saturday. They were available to get. And they did not get them. Uh, and so that was just surprising to me. It really was. Very, very surprising to me on the defensive side standpoint, what they did. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. You, you take them as you go. Another, uh, you know, another great job of Matt Corral. Everybody's like, everybody wants to look at stats, okay? Um, I'm a big believer in it. Everybody wants to look at stats and say, hey, he threw for this. Matt Corral – 
played a hell of a game. He only missed one throw that I saw against TV copy. I can't see the back end of some things. He missed a throw early in the game. It's really what killed the drive. I think it was either – maybe in their second drive of the game, uh, he missed Drummond on a uh, on a skinny post. Uh, we called it a glance route back in the day. Um, he was a little out in front, and he could have – Drummond would have scored on that one, but that, they had to punt on that drive. Uh, but hey, the other thing is kudos to the defense. I thought they came they they came to play. They stopped the run. Um, they're doing some good things. They're not the the thing I like about it now. What they're doing a little bit different now than what they did early in the year is just instead of sitting back there with a five man box and saying hey just run it through our face, they're starting to bring the nickels and they're starting to bring the guys down a little bit and getting a little bit more involved in the run game where you got to start counting them you know, in the run game to block, and, and it affects the, the uh, blocking structure up front. So starting to see a little bit of more of that. And then, you know, moving moving Springer, he's basically their nickel. I don't know what they call that position. Everybody calls it different. Some people call it nickel. Some people call it star, whatever. There's 10,000 names for that, bandits. So there's all kinds of names for it. Um, but they're starting to move him around, and I think that's helping them on the run game. Uh, they'll need it this week. All right, moving, moving into some off-the-field stuff that occurred last week. Um, first of all, Matt Wells gets fired. Uh, and as we're taping this, it's Monday, mid-Monday. Matt Wells just gets fired uh, today at Texas Tech as the head football coach. I, I, I'm really shocked. I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just – I am so – our profession, and if you're a coach, we have a lot of coaches. I've, I've gotten a lot of texts from coaches in the last couple of days. Um, so we're having a lot more coaches listen to us than I think we've had in the past. Our profession is taking a massive turn. And I mean, it's already, it was already crazy. Okay. I mean, for the last, I don't know, 15 years, it's been nuts. It's getting worse. And there's no signs of slowing down. And Matt Wells comes in, okay, so this this AD thought it was a great idea. Let's start with AD, okay. AD thought it was a great idea. He didn't like the direction that Texas Tech was going, so he fired a guy named Cliff Kingsbury. He fired him. It was like after, because we actually had played him that year and beat him that year, and it was at 1918. I don't know what year it was. He gets fired. It worked out for him because he got fired and got the head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, this guy, just the guy that he fired two years ago, and this is why I get very frustrated, okay? I get very frustrated with these firings, okay? Do not get me wrong. There's some I will not argue with you about, okay? And as we're coaches, we all know inside the profession, we know this. There's some that it's time to make a change. or There's, there's reasons, right? It's time for things to change. But there's sometimes that make no sense. This guy, the first guy he fired like two years ago, just want everybody, all the fans to know this, Cliff Kingsbury is the only undefeated head football coach in the National Football League right now. He's probably going to win the NFL Coach of the Year. Barring anything crazy happening, he'll probably win the Coach of the Year award in the National Football League three years after he got fired because he couldn't coach. He wasn't a good enough coach for Texas Tech. And not only was he not a good enough coach for Texas Tech, and this is also pisses me off, as people know, is they that's he was their own guy. Like they did that to their own person. Like he's an alumni. He loves that place. Okay? He loves that place. And he got screwed. That that 
there's nothing worse than something like that happening because it puts a bad taste in your mouth and because one person spoils the whole, you know, changes the whole person's opinion about about how they feel about their university. And you shouldn't be like that. That, that shouldn't happen. And I, I, that bothers me. So Matt Wells takes it over. He goes like five and seven, whatever it was. He's sitting on Saturday, going into the game on Saturday. They're five and two. Okay, he hasn't had. He's he's been improving every year. He had to get his guys in there or whatever. He's won everywhere he's been. He 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 won at Utah State. He went and got the job. He did a great job at Utah State. So he comes in. He's five and two. And they had like a twenty four. I'd actually picked at the game for five minutes. They had like they were up like twenty four ten or whatever it was because I was about to. It wouldn't have. <laughs> that was another one. I had to peek at it because that was one of the games that I was going to bet last week that I didn't put on the list. So I was I was getting mad if I left all my picks off. So I was watching a little bit of the game. Um, he had like a twenty four to ten lead, and they come back and they lose by one point. It's like twenty five twenty four something like that. Well, they fire him. He's five and three. They fire him. Like you're one game away from having a. a going to a bowl, you're two games away from, from having a winning season, and you got all these games coming up at home, like, why now? Like, it's not like the guy was owing, like, these expectations. Like, you, you take LSU and you take Texas Tech, two different expectations, two different jobs. But I don't understand why, like, in year three, he's not like he's losing. He has a winning record. He's one game away from getting you to where you want to go. And you're going to fire him? That makes zero sense to me. So let me explain to the fans why things like this happen, okay? This is why things like this happen. It's because right, wrong, or indifferent, somebody wanted him gone, okay? So somebody, for whatever reason, somebody wanted Matt Wells, which makes no sense. They're idiots. Um, They want him gone. And so they look up at the schedule and they go, wait a minute. Look who they're playing. I mean, they got like Oklahoma coming in. They got Baylor coming in. I think it's Texas. They got four games, I think, against the ranked ranked opponents. And so they want him gone, but they know that if he wins one of those games, so he gets the bowl eligibility by beating Oklahoma, which is possible, okay? Don't get me wrong. It's possible. They can't fire him now. He can't be fired if he just beats Oklahoma and gets the bowl eligibility. So we got to make a change. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to beat him to the punch. I got a chance here. He lost a big lead to Kansas State. And so we're going to fire him today in case he beats somebody down the road that he shouldn't beat and we can't fire him. And I think that's just, I mean, what is going on in our profession? Like, I don't even understand that. Don't you, you're basically handicapping your team. You're, you're, you're handicapping your team so you can get the result or you can get some coach that you want. But here's what they don't understand, okay? And I want to make this very clear. So if you're an administrator, I want to make this very clear because this is what goes through coaches' heads, okay? It's going what's going to go through every coach's head that goes that interviews at USC. It's going to go through every coach's head that goes to LSU and Texas Tech. They are going to want to see how you dismissed the last coach. And if there were any issues like this, that's a red flag. You know, we like we like that's the popular thing on Twitter now, right? Red flag. Because the best way to predict the future is to look at the past. That's, that's the truth. So if you're running people out of here, and you know like LSU, USC, you know the expectations. You get it. It's almost a little bit different. Because when you take that job, you're like, yeah. I mean, I mean you got to win nine or ten games. 
you know, to to even have a chance to get fired there. It's like people got to wake up and understand reality, man, and look where you are. Like people think that, again, we've talked about this a hundred times. People think they're going to hire a coach and that's going to solve all the problems. No, you got to, there's a problem. That's why you got to open it. You know, a wise man once said this, you know, um, Larry Blakeney, I'm going to give Larry Blakeney uh, all the credit in the world on this. And he since, you know, not, not coaching, but one of the best ball coaches of all time. And if you've ever got a chance, if you're a coach out there and you know who Larry Blakeney is, the former coach at uh, Troy, uh, one of the greatest influences on my life, one of the greatest influences on many, many lives. But he, said, he told me this when I got into the coaching business. He said, son, just remember this. If the bed is warm, there's somebody probably laying in it. And so when you go to take over a job, there's problems. It's not snow clouds and bunny rabbits and my little ponies. Okay, there are problems, whether they're public or they're private, but they're problems. And so there's going to be things, and coaches keep those things in mind. We had a couple other crazy things that have gone on this week. Colorado has fired their offensive line coach going into uh, play Oregon, which is probably not the greatest thing if you want to you look for O-line cohesion. Uh, but all the only the only saving grace they got is so William Vallejos, who was with us at Alabama, is off the field, uh, did quality control, worked with O line, was offensive line guy, great, was been Buffalo Bills. He knows what he's doing, um, but it's just difficult, man. When you're 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 fire, you're handicapping yourself. I mean, of all positions, firing an O line coach right in the middle of the season, uh, that's going to be tough. And now they got to go to Oregon and play, you know, in a loud environment. Uh, it's going to be tough. I'd probably keep that in mind a little bit and when it comes to lines. But uh, Vallejos will do a great job. He is a ball coach. He knows it better. I mean, he's as good as they come, knowing what to do. Um, I'm excited for him to have an opportunity. But sad, you know, Mitch Rodriguez, the guy that they let go, is a great human being. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot more problems in the world than firing your own line coach halfway through the season. So it is what it is. The the other crazy one, this one, I, I saved this one for last. Um, this just happened. Just found out about this. Daryl Iman at Stetson has been fired for getting a speeding ticket. I did not. I did not stutter. He is the offensive coordinator at Stetson, and he has been fired for driving 88 miles an hour on the interstate and getting a ticket. And the reason they fired him is because. There is a university policy that you have to be to be employed. You have to be an insurable driver, um, and so he got a ticket or something. He had uh, some other speeding tickets, I think, in in December or somewhere around there, and and they viewed him as a non insurable driver. So they used that for calls to to fire him for calls. Um, Stetson, this is a message to you, just like we just gave the message to Texas Tech. What coach are you going to hire of quality? If you're wanting to be, if you're wanting to be D one man, and you're wanting to come in here and be this, hey, look, we want you to be your offensive coordinator, but look, you got to drive really slow in the interstate. What? Excuse me. What? What was that you said, sir? Well, you you can't get speeding tickets. You'd be an insurable driver. We're going to fire you because that tells me everything I need to know about an administration. They're going to look for every way not to pay you. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago. If you make a contract, this is what this is what people have to understand. The only saving grace coaches have right now, because of this crazy in this business, is contracts. 
Because I'm like, if you want to be an idiot and fire me, then at least you pay me what you what you, we had a contract. We had an agreement. We had an agreement. And so pay the coaches. When you're trying to find all these ADs that think they're being slick with not paying these coaches and finding ways out of not paying coaches, okay, it doesn't end well. And then when it doesn't end well, let's say it does end well, okay? I don't care if it ends well or not for you. But no coach that when you go to try to hire somebody, you're not going to get any coach that has any other options, okay? Now, you may get a guy that doesn't have any options but to do it. But if you're going to try to compete for the best coaches in the, on the country, coaches, look at that stuff. If I got options, I'm looking at A, B, C, D, E. And when you do things like that, they're not coming. They're not. And it's not just – and it's not a Stetson problem. It's an AD problem. It, it has nothing – I will say this too. This is not a Stetson problem. This is not a Texas Tech problem. This wasn't a Kansas problem. This is the AD's problem. And so when those ADs jump, we know, hey, that guy was there. So, you know, watch out for that. It's just like with this USC deal. And we talked about this, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. I think we did. I, if I, did, I talked about it on some podcast. But this USC deal, until Luke Fickle says no to USC, he's, in my mind, the top candidate. Why? Because the AD at USC just hired Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. He, Luke Fickle's going to have to turn the job down. I don't care. You can throw James Franklin and all this stuff in there all you want to. Luke Fickle, whether it comes out in public or not, is going to have to be – he's going to be the first one to turn it down. I don't care what name you throw out there. Luke Fickle will be the first person to turn it down. And he may not want to go. He may not fit. I don't know. That's, that's his decision. But as an AD, he knows right now, this wasn't going, but this guy right here, this is my guy. I hired him at Cincinnati. I can hire him here. He knows what he's doing. That AD, it, it, there's some comfort there, okay? And – whether he takes it or he don't, he'll he'll he may come out and say, "Well, you know, I'm not interested." Or, "Hey, Luke Fickle's not a candidate." But let me explain something to you. Behind closed doors, okay, this isn't the AD calling an agent. This is different. Okay, we'll talk about agents in a second. This isn't, you know, the AD at USC picking up the phone and going, "Hey, Jimmy Sexton, uh, who you got? Can I? You think I can talk to this guy?" Da, 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 da. That's not happening. This is the AD picking up the phone and calling his friend Luke Fickle. Completely different conversation. Okay, completely different conversation. So I'm, I'm telling you all to tell you this. If Luke Fickle is not the head coach at USC, that just means he didn't want to go. He didn't want to take it, period. And they can come out and they can say everything they want to to save face. Luke Fickle will be the first person to talk to about the USC job because of the relationship. Period, end of the day, end of discussion. I don't care what anybody says. Now. Let's jump to the next one. Uh, got asked about this. Look, these coaching searches take life of their own. They do. All right. I got asked about LSU 14 times this past week. The next head coach at LSU will be the correct answer is you can sit here and you can throw out names all you want to, and there are some good candidates I think will do a great job there. Okay. The correct answer to that question is whoever Jimmy Sexton wants it to be. That's the answer to that question. That's the correct answer. All right. Jimmy Sexton is the best in the business. And people hate, like, people get mad at him and all that stuff. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Jimmy Sexton is the best agent that's ever lived from a coach's perspective. Uh, so good that James Franklin, I don't even know who James Franklin was with, but James Franklin switched over to him. That doesn't mean James Franklin's going to LSU. It doesn't mean James Franklin's going to uh, USC. He just means he's getting paid. Okay, and the one thing I like about uh, Jimmy Sexton 
the best thing he ever did for coaches is he took out mitigation. Like none of his guys have mitigation in their contracts. So they get what – and they get what they're owed. Um, and the other great thing about going with Jimmy Sexton as a coach is they're going to get what they're owed because the school is not going to piss off Jimmy Sexton because he, he, he has all the cards. I mean, it's like this. It's like Jimmy Sexton is playing Texas uh, Hold'em. Like, but he's not, not only does he have pocket aces, okay, he's got pocket aces, and he already knows the flop is ace-ace-king. I mean, he's holding all the cards and then some. And he, and he can maneuver this whole deal, I mean, across all Power Five and even Group of Five. He controls it all. Um, and so that's the correct answer is probably whoever Jimmy Sexton wants it to be because he's got all the clients. Now, the one thing I'm always curious about, that he makes it work. And this is why he's so good. <laughs> he, first of all, he's a great guy. He's fun. He's very nice. He, he's he's uh, he always – I really like Jimmy a lot because when he was coming – when I was around and I was just a peon in the business, and I still always was a peon in the business, but he was always very nice to me, very courteous, came out of his way to say hello. Like, he wasn't – when I was young too, it, what, he did. He treats everybody with respect, and that's respectable. He's a very, uh, very nice human being. He's not. Um, he's just a good guy. I like. I like Jimmy. Now, some ads may not like him because they run, gets the price run up on him. But Jimmy's a good guy. I like Jimmy a lot. Um, but anyway, the thing that the thing that Jimmy does really well is, I don't know how he manages. Like, he's probably got eighteen clients that want the LSU job and probably could get it. So how does it how does it work? I don't know, uh, but it always works out, and everybody gets paid, and everybody's happy. Uh, but good for him. And I mean, he's the best in the business for a reason. Um, but and very smart, very smart move. Uh, very, very, very smart move by James Franklin. I'm surprised it took this long, but he's he's the real deal. Uh, but LSU is going to get who he wants to, and LSU's got to decide this though. At the end of the day, regardless of you know, LSU's going to have to decide, do they want to win the press conference or do they want to win football games? That's where I would start. Do you want to win the press conference? Do you want to win next year? Or do you want to – who gives a crap about the press conference and do you want to build this thing for long-term success? And I just don't know my, – my scary part about that is, is – they're they're so impatient now. I don't know if you have time to build anything anymore. It's just a, it's just a. Uh, there's some people they could hire there. There are I know I know one person in particular. I won't even say his name. We'll talk about it later on. I know one person in particular they could hire there. It may not. It may take two or three years, but LSU would become what. He would do for LSU what Kirby's done to with Georgia. I'll just leave it at that. You're going to become a elite co elite tier team really quick. And you know, it may take some time, it may take a couple, three years. But you know, Georgia was patient with Kirby too. Um, you know, Mark Rick gets fired for winning ten games. You know, Kirby's won seven. It took him a couple years to get there, but now they're an elite team. I think which surprised me that Georgia was you know, it shouldn't have surprised me, but Georgia was patient with Kirby to get him there. If LSU would become, would you kind of use the same thing and be patient with the next guy? There's a guy that I got that would come would come in there and turn them into what? And I, and he's a candidate. His name's being mentioned. I'm not going to throw it out there yet, but um, he is a candidate. He has been mentioned, but it's a very clear um, for me anyway, and very clear. I just got to be careful because 
half of them are all of them. A lot of these guys are my friends, so I don't want to piss anybody off. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, it was lawsuit week in the wonderful world of the NCAA. So Jeremy Pruitt, he sues uh, – or he's not suing. I guess he is suing Tennessee. I don't even know the legal terms of what he's doing, all that stuff. But basically, they're withholding his money for calls. And his attorney, it shouldn't say Jeremy Pruitt, his attorney has basically come out and said, you know, he's throw, threw out this in this letter that he sends to uh, Tennessee basically requesting open records and phone records and travel records of, uh, you know, everything from the basketball coach to, I mean, all across campus. And so basically what he's trying to do is he's, he's, he's basically saying, in a nutshell, you can read all the legal jargon. Let me break it down for the uh, Alabama version of how we, how we talk about these things. He's basically saying, pay me my money that you owe me, or I'm going to try to burn this thing down to the ground. Um, so that's going to be the most interesting thing to me. Tennessee's in a bind here, right? Tennessee's in a bind, okay? They're in the middle of an NCAA investigation. So Tennessee can either say, look, like, cause I will tell you this: when the NCAA is gonna come in, and they're gonna find some things, do not get me wrong, that's gonna happen. Okay, they're coming in with a microscope and they're or a magnifying glass, and they're gonna find some things. They're not gonna find it all, and they may not even find the most damning stuff. They'll find some violations for sure, just like they would it with anywhere. I mean, you could go to any school in America right now and get a violation if you wanted if you wanted to. But I think what I don't think they'll find the big ones. I think there's some bigger fish to fry that they won't find. I don't know. But that's basically what they're doing is they're basically saying, pay us our money, we're going to burn this place down. And Tennessee's got that choice. They can say, okay, if Tennessee pays him, that tells you if Tennessee pays it's almost like if Tennessee pays him, it's going to wait a minute now. So what what is there? What are you trying to hold out? You know, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens um, with that. So that was – that was unique for me. I've never seen that happen before. So that's the first time I've seen it go public, basically, that we're suing you or we're going to burn this house down. Um, the next one is a whole different can of worms. Uh, I don't think we're seeing the end of this one. I think this is going to be – I think you're going to have more things like this happen. It's just the first time it's happened. But Washington State has fired Nick Rolovich for uh, not taking the vaccine. It's a state mandate for all state employees. And you're starting to see all of these um, states, you know, and, it's, and they're down to the states, whether it's mandate or not for state employees, and that goes all the way to the football coaches. Um, and so Nick Rolovich gets fired because uh, he did not take the uh, COVID vaccine. I really, I want to say this, and I'll say it publicly. Um, I'm not giving you my opinion on this. I'm not. Why am I not? Here's my, here's, if I have a statement, this is what it is. I'm very sad as a human being. I'm very sad that the vaccine, whether you're vaccinated or you believe in vaccines or you don't believe in vaccines, I'm so uh, sad as a human um, that this has become a divisive part of our existence. Um, I mean, it's it's always something, right? I mean, it's just, you know, whether it's, 
you know, we had the, when the election comes, you got Democrats going at Republicans. And that's just this big device in this country about what your political beliefs are. You know, there are some, there's a religious divide. It's like, you know, like when my, my, uh, when I was raised, my grandmother told me, says, when you go to a dinner table, never talk about politics or religion. Never. She says, never bring it up. Don't get involved in any conversation that has to do with politics or religion because somebody's going to get upset. Yes, ma'am. Okay, well, now football, and then now all of a sudden the vaccine is joining that group. And I said this on a long time ago podcast, and I'll say it again. Politics and all this stuff does not belong in a football locker room. The football locker room was the last great place in America. Okay, it was. Because everybody was pulling in the same direction for a common cause. And that's the great thing about football. And it's a great thing about team sports, period, right? But, you know, football, there was so many of them. That was what was great is you had all, every possible background and everybody's pulling for the same direction and nobody cared. Nobody cares about anything because you're in it together. And I just don't believe that politics belongs in college sports. I don't. It's just, it just makes me sad that it's become a, a divisive thing and people are so strong on both sides. I wish we, we could just get along. I mean, I do. That's just the, the big part about it. All right, the next thing I want to talk about, or last thing I want to talk about before we get to uh, picks today, is the high school associations are starting around the country are starting to adapt the college rules with NIL, and they need to. Um, and really because if you don't, you're going to end up with the Ohio State quarterback that left from South Lake Carroll, and where he, he's basically, he got offered like $2.5 million in equity in a company. I mean, he's, what do you say as a parent? You know what I mean? Like, you got to go. You got to take it. Uh, I mean, that's financial stability for a lifetime, I and mean, that's the, kind of the point of going to college, right? Um, and so, you know, it's, you, you come into business decisions. Well, you lose. The kid loses his senior year, and, like, I'm not a fan. Like, I've always said this, and I know there are benefits to it. I'm not a fan of people leaving high school early. I mean, guys, it, it's a good time. Don't Don't be in a hurry to grow up. It goes by really fast. Um, I mean, it literally feels like I was playing yesterday and it was a long time ago. Um, it just goes by fast. Make sure you enjoy it. If you're a high school coach listening, make sure that the there's there's things that kids need to understand when it comes to this NIL stuff. The only people that are going to get NIL deals probably out of high school are freak show quarterbacks that are going to get legit ones. Now, I say all that to say this, okay? I'm going to do a little – I won't, I won't reveal any names. I won't reveal any schools or anything like this. Okay, I, ha- I recently had a conversation, okay, last week with a parent of a very prominent recruit. A parent of a very prominent recruit. And I mean very prominent. Um, this young man has been committed to the school that he's committed to for well over a year. Um, and he is a, I will say this, he's a 2022 kid. He has been offered $1 million, all legal, NIL money, to flip his commitment to another school. $1 million. They're going to pay him $250,000 a year for four years. One, I'm going to say that again, $1 million dollars to flip his commitment. This is where the high school coach needs to make sure that they're listening to this. 
this is going to happen, okay? Because now, all right, look, this is, I'm going, I'm going like Captain Obvious here, right? Cheating has been going on for a long time in the NCAA recruiting. Long time since they started. I, I don't know. There was actually a, I saw a documentary. They were cheating back in the 50s, okay, 40s, 30s, whatever it was. There's a, a, a show on ESPN I saw the other day. I watched a little bit of it. That's nothing new. But here's what the new part is. It's now legal. And what do you mean it's legal? It's legal cheating. Okay, I know this for a fact. We talked about it. It was, it was awesome that we talked about this as early as we did. We need to We need to do uh, – they call it old takes exposed. Good, because we, we talked about it a long time ago. There are now big universities that are, and I know probably on top of my head, 12 to 15, off the top of my head, that's just what I know about. There's probably more that are creating shell companies as nonprofits. Okay, so they're taking these nonprofits, and now not only are they buying players through the nonprofit, legally through NIL, the donors are getting tax write-offs. They're getting 1099s. So now their money can be written off as a tax a tax break. And so in the past, you had guys that would do the money and do all that stuff, but they were already – they knew what they were doing. They'd been doing it for a long time. It was real under the tables. It was good to go. Well, now you got people attached to these universities that got real money that didn't want to get involved in this shady stuff that now that it's above board – and it's I'm getting 10.99 for it. You got new money coming in, so there's more money now to buy players than I mean than ever before. And so that's where all this money's getting. And so I tell you a lot to tell you this. I can honestly tell you, in all of my years of recruiting, okay, in all of my years of recruiting, the most expensive recruit that I knew was for sale was four hundred thousand dollars. That's the most I'd ever heard of a player that I, I, that had gotten back to me. Four hundred grand. That's the most I'd ever heard. Now that's a lot of that's that's uh that was rare. Okay, that was super rare. Um, but four hundred thousand dollars is the most I ever heard of a player being for sale. And now players are getting offered one million dollars legally to flip. So the cost of admission has doubled on the great players, at least. Um, it's going to be crazy to see what happens. And, again, we've said this before. Like, if I like if I was Auburn, like Auburn <laughs> – I was joking with somebody the other day. I can't remember who it was. It was an Auburn buddy of mine uh, that listened to our podcast, and he called me. And I said, like, if I was Auburn, my first stop was, would go to Tim Cook at Apple, okay? He just got a $750 million bonus check, okay? He's a big Auburn guy. I mean, donate some to the calls over here. Get you a little tax write-off. He's going to need some tax write-offs on that bonus check. You know, come get you a little tax write-off over here on um, on this deal. I mean, you could get you could get crazy. You could go buy whoever you wanted to buy. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just it's the game is changing. I'll just say it like that. The game is changing. And some people are ahead of it, okay? And I will say this. I believe this. What you're going to see the next, I don't know, four to five years is the people that are on top and ahead of this game in NIL and recruiting are the ones that are going to are going to end up being premier teams because they're going to get the best players. It's that time of the episode that everybody's been waiting for. It's pick time. As you can see, it's me running solo this week. My man DJ Elliott is still on vacation, but never fear. He left his picks with us.
I've also had a lot of a uh, buddy of mine call and tell me that, you know what, I kind of listen to DJ more than I'm listening to you. I said, okay, I, I get it because DJ is currently kicking my teeth in. I'm not having – I'm Mr. 50-50. So DJ's on fire. Even though he had a rough week last week, he's still like plus ten. Um, he's doing really well. So he did leave me his picks. So if you if you tune in for DJ's picks, all right, I got him. Okay, and he'll go first. So his first pick, which is also my first pick, we have these first two in common. We both have Kentucky minus one versus Mississippi State. Uh, Kentucky's had a bye week. Uh, defensively, they're really good. They've had an extra week to work on the uh, offense, and they and I know they have. Uh, I, I like what they got going, man. I think Kentucky's a confident team. I think they're building confidence as the season goes on. Uh, this is really their toughest to date. I, I, they got a chance to run the table here and finish the season 11-1. and one. They have an outside shot at the playoff. They do. I, th- I think things can happen uh, where can, you can find Kentucky in the playoff. So I know it's important to them. Uh, they're good on defense. State is also good on defense. This is going to be a close game, but at minus one, I'm basically taking, you know, who's going to win the game. I just feel Kentucky's got things rolling right now. At the end of the day, they find a way to win. Uh, I'm taking Kentucky minus one. So is DJ, and it's DJ's lock of the week. So it's DJ's lock of the week. It's not mine, but it's DJ's lock of the week. Second game, DJ has the Georgia Bulldogs. Minus 14 against the Florida Gators at the world's largest cocktail party. I also have Georgia minus 14 against the Florida Gators in the in the largest cocktail party in Jacksonville, Florida. So we both got those same two picks, and we're pretty good. We both pick them the same. We're pretty good. I think we actually lost our second game last week. We are like, I think it's now we're like 10-2 and two maybe on the, when we pick the same teams. So that's usually a good thing. But here's how I see it is Florida's reeling a little bit. They really are struggling stopping the run. I know they got a, I know they're going to have different scheme. I think they got caught off guard with what LSU was doing run game-wise. But, look, Georgia's got some dudes, man. They're, uh, Georgia may run for 10,000 yards. You may see a JT Daniels. Maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, we'll know. Uh, but there's a good possibility you're going to see JT Daniels out there on Saturday. Uh, but if not, Stetson Bennett's doing fine, man. Just run the offense. All you got to do is not turn the ball over. That's all, that's all you got to do in the offense. I think I could play quarterback in that offense. Uh, I mean, I can, I can still throw an eight-yard hitch. I mean, I can hand the ball off with the best of them. And if, and if I get a good – if I, you know, can hitch up a couple of times, I may even throw a 15-yard dig for a completion. So – I think anybody can can play quarterback for them right now. They're good. Florida's reeling a little bit. Man, Georgia's had another week to get healthy. Uh, I, I just like Georgia big, man. I think they probably win by 21, 24, just more than 14. I'm, I'm taking Georgia minus 14 along with DJ. All right, DJ's third game is Boston College is getting five and a half points against Syracuse. And DJ is taking Boston College plus the five and a half. Uh, I actually like this pick. I think Syracuse is uh, they're probably getting a little bit too much credit for what they did against Clemson, which has been exposed since. Uh, Boston College has been consistent all year. They've, they've already ran the gamut. I kind of like Boston College in the points as well here with uh, DJ, but that's not my pick. But that's DJ's pick, Boston College plus five and a half versus Syracuse. My pick, my next pick, is going to be my lock. I'm going – the Ohio State Buckeyes, minus 17 against Penn State. Look, 
Penn State is reeling. Uh, James Franklin's trying to get all the all the momentum he can get with Jimmy Sexton and all that stuff, trying to get you know get out of there. But they they've lost two in a row. Ohio State, I just see Penn State's kind of trending downward, and Ohio State's trending upward on a high trajectory. Ohio State scored like fifty points in like I don't know how many straight games. Ohio uh, Penn State's not going to really. They where they're strong is in at wide receiver, and that's also where Ohio State's strong. You know, the only way I think Penn State covers is if they just run the football for like three hundred yards. I don't see that happening. That's the only way. That's how Oregon got up, and they struggled on offense. Look, Ohio State knows what's what's going on. They've been on fire. I think Ohio State blows the doors off of Penn State. I don't even think it's a game. Ohio State huge. Uh, but I, that's my lock. It's, they're minus 17. I don't care what it gets to. Unless it gets to 28, I, I, I think they kill them. I think it's a 28 to 30-point game. All right, how about this? DJ Elliott is taking the ULM Warhawks on the road against App State plus 27 and a half. I love it. Look, man, I, I cannot – if you're a football fan and you don't love what's going on down in Fun Row – you're you're not a great football fan. You got to be a full college football fan to to appreciate it. Look, I know what they were. <laughs> I know what kind of resources they have and what they were left with, talent wise. They were just trying to win a game. I want you. I want to. I want to explain to this. If there's somebody out there listening that has any effect on like coach of the year and what's going on down there, please listen to this. The year before they just got there, Monroe never led in a football game. I'm going to say that again. They never led at any point during a season in any game. They never led in a football game and went over. Like Vegas had them like over under wins of like one or one and a half or whatever it was. Here they are sitting at four and three. They're two games away from getting to a bowl game. And nobody gave them a chance in hell. I just think it's awesome what they're doing down there. I, I watch every week because I just, I mean, I'm just. I know what those how good of ball coaches those guys are, and what and how good of a job they're really doing. Um, Coach of the year, build a statue in Monroe. Uh, I mean, they're doing an amazing job. So I'm fired up for those guys down there. The DJ's riding plus twenty seven and a half against App. All right, here we go. My next pick, which I think I, I actually was debating on making this my lock or not. I really love this pick. My next pick is Cincinnati. Minus 24 at Tulane. Look, everybody, this line came down because they struggled against Navy. That's why this line came down. Do not be fooled, okay? Tulane's 1-6. Great coach. They just, they're not there right now. They're rebuilding. Cincinnati understands the ball game, okay? Let me explain something to you. Cincinnati knows inside that building and inside that coaching staff, they know that they, they don't just have to win the rest of them. They got to start beating teams, and they can. They're very capable beating the doors off people so they don't slip, okay, so they don't get taken over by a one-loss uh, Power 5 team. So they know that. I expect this game to be a, another blowout. I think Cincinnati scores in the 50s. I don't think – I mean, if they score in the 50s, I think maybe Tulane gets to 21, 17, 21. I see this a 52-17 kind of game. Uh, Cincinnati knows what they got to do, uh, and I think they do it. Uh, that's not enough. Uh I'm taking Cincinnati all day long on that one. I like that. I like that bet a lot. All right. We are down to DJ. DJ's taking the Florida State Seminoles plus 10 against the Clemson Tigers. 
<laughs> I don't disagree with this pick at all. Um, I'd be interested to see what this line gets to. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing starts dropping. So if you're listening and it's still at 10, get on it before Saturday. I can, th- I can see this thing dropping. Clemson's reeling, man. I was just – I look and I bet on them last week, okay? And my brother-in-law said I had jinxed them. My brother-in-law's a big Clemson fan. He called me. He was mad. He was mad that I took Clemson. Um, he wanted me to take the he, – he thought I had the same LSU and Oklahoma jinx. But, look, that was the first time I bet on Clemson. Do you know, like, Clemson's like 0 for, I think, covering the spread? I, if I'm if – I'm, I may be wrong on that. Let me look that up. But to my, the best of my knowledge, Clemson's like um, 0 for when it comes to covering the spread. And I, I just – I don't – I don't understand that. They are. They're 0-7. Clemson is 0-7 against the spread. Um – and I was the genius that that picked them last week, but yeah, I I, I don't agree, disagree with that. Florida State's starting to come on a little bit. Norvell's getting a little bit of momentum, uh, and they're starting to play a little better. Uh, I like that pick. I think that's easy money. I'm surprised that's not his lock. My next pick. All right, here we go. We got we got a really really good game here in Jordan Hare Stadium on Saturday night. Auburn is hosting Ole Miss. Auburn is uh, – I totally – we're early in the week. I totally expect this line to move, so I jumped on it when I did. I got Auburn minus one, okay? And I'll tell you why. If you don't agree with a pick, don't pick it. But I'm just going to tell you why I pick what I pick. I'm trying to bet with my head, not my heart here. Ole Miss is completely beat up, okay? Matt Corral is playing with nothing but guts. He's got a bad – he's got a bad wheel. Receiving core, beat up, beat up. And let me explain something to you. On Saturday, this is probably the most telling stat to understand how bad this receiving core is beat up, is they ran out there and they're playing three and four wide and all that stuff. But let me explain to you. The leading receiver in the game on Saturday was Dontario Drummond and should have been, and he should be every week. Had eight catches. And two of them, though, two of his catches were on speed sweeps. So he really had six legit catches, you know, as a receiver. You know, two of those they, they give him instead of rushing yards, now they give him his passing yards. But those were two of them. And... The next leading receiver was Henry Parrish, who's your backup running back, who caught a wheel route and caught a check down. So he had two catches. Your third leading receiver on Saturday for the Ole Miss Rebels, your third leading receiver was Matt Corral. The quarterback was the third leading receiver. That's a problem when he only caught one ball for 19 yards and he's your third leading receiver. That's a problem. And your fourth leading receiver, by the way, was Miles Battle, who played his first game at receiver probably in three years. He's been playing DB for the last two years. They moved him. So there's your problem. LSU lined up and played man-free every snap. Auburn will not. Auburn's got good corners. They're good. They're, they're, they're going to be probably the best defense besides Alabama that Ole Miss has played all year long. I think I'm, I feel safe in saying that. I, they're going to – they're in – Matt Corral's going to have to run. I mean, that's what it's going to have to be if they're going to do what they do. I, I think the score gets kept down on that. Them being beat up is a big part of me doing this. If this was four or five weeks ago at the start of this run, I'll take, I'll take Ole Miss all day long. Uh, but with the current current state of where they are on offensively, they should – and I, I bet you Lane would tell you this in privately. I haven't asked him because I don't talk to him. But I, I, bet, you, I bet if Lane – I bet they should have scored more than 31 points on Saturday. They should have, based on what was being played. Uh, that's a concern. Four weeks ago, they would have scored 60 points. They'd have scored a touchdown every drive. They, they would have, it'd have been a, they'd scored 50 by halftime. So that's concerning. I don't think 
And if you look at even the drives that they scored on this past week, they had some like third and long runs, like third and 15, that either extended drives, I mean runs, not passes, runs, that extended drives and even scored touchdowns on. That's not happening this Saturday. You take some of those drives away. I mean, 31 points against what they had against this last week. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors on that. I just, they're beat up. Now, personally, I hope they win uh, because it's fun around here when they win. I, and I pull for those guys, uh, a lot of all those players that we recruited and I have personal relationships with I want to be successful. I just don't see it happening in Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's going to be rowdy. And I know Neyland Stadium can rock, and it was it was soaking Jordan-Hare. Okay, this isn't – it's sitting like it's going. They're going to play a scrimmage. Okay, this place can rock. It's, you know, um, I I did not. I think Jordan Hare as an opposing coach is worse than Neyland Stadium. Now, me saying that, let me explain this to you. I went there one time and we kicked the piss out of them and they shut up real quick. So I didn't really get the experience Neyland Stadium rocking. Um, but for me, Jordan Hare Stadium uh, as an opposing coach is very difficult. All right, um, DJ on his money line pick has picked. The Ole Miss Rebels. So DJ has picked Ole Miss money line. He thinks they're going to win straight up, and we're going. We will have a good discussion next week. I wish. I wish we. He wasn't on vacation. We'd have a good discussion here. But Auburn's coming off a bye week. Uh, you know. And then here's the other reason I, I picked Auburn. By the way, I, I just DJ's not here to defend himself, so I can just talk away. All right. The other reason I picked Auburn. Auburn's coming off a bye week. So they are going to be able to get healthy. And here's another thing nobody's talking about. Auburn has played Arkansas which is the same scheme that what Ole Miss runs. And so where it's a little bit different, Auburn already has basically gone through a game plan and practice week of this same defense. And they did very well against it at, on the road at Arkansas. Um, and so I think, I think they're going to do well against Ole Miss at home. Um, and I just don't think uh, Ole Miss can – if they show up healthy, they can do it. And they're a threat now, and they can score points – I just think at minus one, I'm basically picking Auburn to win. It's at home. Um, I'm taking Auburn. He's taking Ole Miss money line. I think it's a safe money line. I'll put, I'll put it like this. If the spread gets up to – I think it's a close game. I think if the spread gets to three or even more, I wouldn't even take the points. I probably would take Ole Miss money line because of the odds you'll get. So I think you can hit it both ways. I just My, my pick's Auburn. His pick's is Ole Miss. We'll see, we'll see on next week uh, who's right and who's wrong. Uh, but everything that tells me, everything I know, all the information I know, tells me Auburn's going to win this game. And I got them at minus one, so that's what I'm picking. All right, my last game, I'm closing it up with my money line pick. Uh, my last game, I'm taking Iowa money line. They're like three-and-a-half-point dogs against Wisconsin again. A shocker, Wisconsin's favorite in the game again. Um, look, Iowa and Wisconsin, this, they might not score ten points in this game. There may not be 10 points scored in this game. Uh, the under is like super low, so I wouldn't say that. I mean, it's like 30-something. Um, and when there's low-scoring games like that, I'm going to take an underdog. I'm not going to take the points. I'm going to take an underdog to see if I can hit the money line. So for any reason but that, and there was not a lot of money lines I liked. Uh, and so for that reason alone, I'm taking the Iowa money line against Wisconsin, period, end of the discussion. Now, if you're watching this on MPW Digital, I want to welcome you guys again. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed everybody checking it out. I apologize for last week. I actually did a little bit more research this week. I came in prepared. I apologize. Uh, stick with us because we usually we usually have a good week every week. 
Uh, also, people join us from the J Boy Show again. Want to thank you guys. We've had a blast doing that show over there. We'll get Jake on over here sometime to join us too. Uh, but uh, enjoy the guys at MPW Digital and the J Boy Show. Appreciate all you, you listeners we got. And look, I know you're new, so I want to make sure everybody understands this. This is where I'm a little bit different. When you go on our podcast, and especially since we got all the guys, all the new Ole Miss people from MPW Digital on board. Y'all used to like to troll me for years because I like my three stars. Well, I do. I love my three stars. So if you love your three, if you love what you're listening to, go to our podcast, subscribe, leave us our three star review because I love it. Make sure you check us out on Home Visit on YouTube, Home Visit with Tyler Siskin Associates on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on MPW Digital. We're everywhere now. Check it out. Send it to tell your friends. But until next time, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.